Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Falcoholics. What is up? Welcome to episode 277 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Joined by my co-host, he is Adnan Ekic at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing well. You know, it's uh, you know fighting through what seems to be winter having its last grasp on us because it, it was very cold and it's very windy right now in Atlanta. So, you know, we're, we're not quite at spring yet, even though it feels like it with the combine coming up. Yeah, yeah, no, here in uh, Syracuse, it was 65 at lunch. It is now Ooh. 32, and it's about to snow Ooh. seven inches, I think, overnight. Um, but it's been, like, really unusually hot here in Syracuse. So I uh, think we had, like, a bunch of record highs this week. So it's, it's been a weird season, a very, very weird winter, I think, pretty much for everyone. So uh, ho- hopefully the Combine's got better weather. But it's indoors. They'll be fine either way. Uh, but, guys, that's one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, right? We're talking about the NFL Combine and the rumor mill that always gets fired up whenever the Combine happens. And the big one, of course, are the Falcons emerging as the favorite for Justin Fields? I know we've already talked about it a bunch, but, you know, anyone that wants to throw gasoline on that fire, it's going to be us. So uh, we're going to talk about that, obviously, the, you know, realisticness of it the the possibility of it what that could mean for the offseason and all that and of course we'll do some combine talk i'm gonna have sort of a combine primer video coming out uh later this week to talk about some of my favorite guys to watch some some potential you know stock up guys that the athletic testing is really important for uh but we'll get to some draft takes you know we can't resist some draft takes on tonight's show uh before we dive in in depth want to bring you a real quick word from our sponsor betonline.ag folks BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. We got March Madness coming up. The NBA is in full swing. Uh, how, how are the Hawks? Uh, non, you know, I, I haven't followed, but it, it seems dicey at this stage. Tenth uh, place. Had you asked me any of the last three months, the answer would have been in tenth place. So, hmm. you know, that, that sort of tells you everything you need to know. Consistently so, inconsistent. Yeah hasn't yeah they've been consistently 10th um you know that's but you know that's uh (laughs) it's been a disappointing season to say the least uh as as my fellow hawks fans and uh in the chat probably know but you know we're getting there yeah we're we're getting it's it's all part of the process and you know unfortunately it sounds like trey young is gonna be out for a while too which probably isn't gonna help matters either so uh, it's turned Hawks Twitter into an unbearable place. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was getting hints of that from the handful. It's of like uh, it's like Falcons Twitter levels of like civil war and like you know just nasty discourse going on right now. Yeah, it's basically like if Julio got hurt, you know, like it'd be like, okay, well now let's just turn on each other and see like how how valuable is Julio really? You know, was he really worth that pick? So I I, I totally understand, but. Guys, no matter what you want to bet on, go to Bet Online to do it with up to the minute odds, stats, and trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs. Maybe that's the Hawks. Maybe that's not the Hawks with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. So head to that website, betonline.ag, today to become part of the team. And remember to use your promo code, well, our promo code, believe, B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online. The game starts here. All right, Adnan. Well, we'll get well, real quick before we dive into the field sync. There was one bit of news over the past week uh, that the Falcons did officially release tight end Johnu Smith. Uh, Smith, you know, we, we t- 
it was a signing, a trade that I really liked. I think he was a big contributor last year, one of the only bright spots on that offense. All that to say, it was expected that he was going to be released. It was a massive cap hit for him, like over $9 million. Uh, it was over $6.5 million savings with the release. And it just doesn't seem like the Falcons offense is really going to be going to that two tight end package very much at all. Uh, but your thoughts on on the the release of Jonu Smith? I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the trade overall, if you look at it, was a successful trade. You know, you gave a seventh rounder for the level of production that Jonu Smith gave you this past season. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't fault the team for that trade at all. I think it was a good trade. Uh, it also, it got us out of that uh, draft show uh, an hour <laughs> early at least because we didn't have to make any seventh round picks. So that's that's a huge victory right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like John Smith's fate with the Atlanta Falcons, at the very least on this contract, was sealed the second Arthur Smith got fired. I think if Arthur Smith had stayed, the team may have been persuaded to keep John U. Smith, maybe on a bit of a pay cut. Who knows? Like te- teams ask players to do that all the time, but yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, you're not going to be running two tight end personnel as much with uh, with Robinson over um, over Arthur Smith. He's not Robinson's guy. He's an Arthur Smith guy, and you know, six six and a half million dollars. That's that's not nothing. Yeah. That, that, enough to get you you know a very very good depth piece uh along the defensive line possibly it's it's enough to it's enough to get you to get you going uh, with someone in free agency and you know that's definitely not going to be the first cut that this team or excuse me that's not going to be the last cut that this team makes in the coming days and weeks yeah yeah i mean clayus campbell's salary last year was seven million johnny smith's release saved six and a half so if you want Clayus Campbell back that may have just paid for Clayus Campbell to come back assuming he wants to come back obviously but um I uh yeah I I appreciate what Johnny did I really enjoyed having him on the team he's always been a player that I've liked but really it seems like him and Arthur Smith just have like a thing and like nobody else can really figure out how to use him but guarantee you uh he will be a stealer <laughs> he will be a stealer uh, you could write that down in pen. Uh, it's it's gonna happen. Arthur Smith can't help himself with Johnny Smith, but uh, those two those two belong together. They're they're a good match. Uh, one of the guys that Arthur Smith really does know how to use is Johnny Smith. So, uh, best of luck to Johnny going forward. Uh, enjoyed having him on the team. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's fire up the the Justin Fields rumors here because it, we're both pro Justin Fields. I know you're very much pro Justin Fields. I'm very much pro Justin Fields. We had uh, Eric Robinson on couple uh i guess it was two weeks ago now but he was pro justin fields there's a lot of we have a lot of pro justin fields voices on this program so it, you know any any like breadcrumbs of potential uh that that could lead to justin fields being in atlanta or give us an opportunity to talk about it you know obviously we're gonna blow those out completely out of proportion uh and by that i mean to say you know fields is coming uh tomorrow no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> but you know, there's a, we're, we're way too agreeable way too yeah. agreeable on this go as uh, we need to, yeah. as some people have pointed out you know we, we need more we need more disagreement you know he's a yeah. bum um yeah there no, we no. go yeah yeah no, it's so justin fields controversial quarterback there's a lot of reasons why that we'll, we'll definitely get to but you know he's on the way out of Chicago I don't think there's any question about the Bears actually keeping Justin Fields like I think that's some horns going off outside my window great I uh, hope you guys can't hear that but anyway uh yeah it's 
Justin Fields, controversial, but also intriguing, you know, and, and we've talked about it a lot on here, but the reasons he's intriguing, you know, th- the cost might be low. The potential is high. Justin Fields is younger than Michael Penix. I believe he's the same age as Jaden Daniels, maybe even younger than Jaden Daniels still. Um, I believe he's younger than Bo Nix. So Justin Fields still very young and he's got the NFL experience. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. He'll always have that floor as long as he stays healthy, but you know, I don't think we have to worry about him losing that rushing ability any time in the immediate future. The cost to acquire him will be relatively low in terms of draft capital and salary, especially for this year. Next year, if you pick up that option, it's like $22 million. But it's a it's an interesting risk-reward, and I think it makes a lot of sense for the Falcons. But what do you make of these rumors? Do you think there's anything more than just smoke here? or is you know Because I'm, I'm happy to throw gasoline on it, but, but what do you think about the actual veracity of, of the rumors? You know, I, I love pushing an agenda you know, just as much as the next guy. You know, I, I feel like we do a really good job with that on the show in the best possible way. Um, I do think where there's smoke, there could be some fire just because – you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, yes, the Atlanta Falcons are 100% uh, trading for Justin Fields, but there's been a lot of sort of breadcrumbs uh, along this trail right now. I think right now the Falcons are a DraftKings betting favorite to the point where, you know, they're they're like what minus 120. So you you'd have to put in more money to like make. That's that's how substantial uh, of favorites they are within that sports uh, sports uh, betting program. I'm not saying take that bet by any means, you know, but, you know, that that's just like one of the examples. It does sort of make some sense. Uh, you know, Justin Fields is from the Atlanta area. Uh, he went here. Uh, he went to high school here. He attended the University of Georgia before transferring out to Ohio State University. And. You know, it, it just feels like if the Chicago Bears do sort of work with them on a trade, which is what uh, GM Ryan Poles said, not he didn't say that specifically, but he did say that they'll try to do right by Justin Fields. And if they do get his input on it, I don't see why he wouldn't want to, you know, come back home to Atlanta from his perspective to come play for a team with a, with a stout offensive line, with a, with great weapons, that already made team. And from Atlanta's perspective, I mean, you know, the quarterback options aren't really so plentiful to where you can just completely ignore and completely be like, all right, we're not interested in this, what, 26-year-old former top 10 pick who has improved year after year and who does still showcase this potential. Like, I get it. Justin Fields is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, You know, he's not he's not my first option this off season. My first option is obviously trading up and as is yours, as we talked about previously on the show, but if a trade up isn't available, if the top three teams decide that they've fallen in love with their quarterbacks and they don't want to trade down, then I don't see how you as the Falcons can sort of ignore this possibility, given what the price tag is and given what the talent level is of Justin Fields. Like, Nobody's saying he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but he genuinely may be the best possible option. And that's not really something you're in position to ignore because it is hard as hell to get a quarterback in the, in this league. There are not 
32 really good quarterbacks and there are 32 teams in this league. So, you know, I, I think there is some validity to those rumors, even though it is right now just speculation. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's been a logical one for some time. And I, and I know Steve Weish, who made it clear he wasn't operating on any sort of like insider info, just his sort of personal read of the situation. He didn't really think the Falcons were going to be super interested in fields, but he did think that they were going to be really interested in acquiring a young quarterback. But again, that wasn't him saying he had a source saying they were mentioned Justin Fields, just that he knows they want to go young at the position. So to that, you know, it seems to maybe take Kirk Cousins off the table, which I kind of think was unlikely that the Falcons were going to go after Cousins. I mean, I know there was connections there with the Rams coaching staff and stuff like that, but I personally just thought that the cost would be too high for Cousins from a salary cap standpoint. It just limits what you can do in free agency so much that I, I just personally wasn't as interested in that. But, you know, Justin Fields is kind of that perfect match of not going to be overly expensive in terms of trade compensation. And we can talk about what a potential trade might look like here in a minute. Uh, and not going to overly stress your salary cap, particularly this year. It's not going to cost anything. And, you know, that could they could do a preemptive extension with him instead of picking up the option, much like what the Packers did with Jordan Love. You know, I know that's been floated as an option, and that could be something they do. Um, they could also just pick up the option and say, okay, you know, $22 million, we'll risk it. Because I don't really see them not doing something. Like, if I feel like if they trade for him, they're probably going to at least get him something to lock him up for 2025. I don't really see this being like, a, we're going to trade and make this a one-year rental and that's it. But I guess if the, the trade compensation is low enough, then maybe it doesn't matter. You know, and you're like, well, if, if Fields balls out and we can't resign him, we could at least get a nice comp pick or we could tag and trade or something like that. You know, you, you could always use the, the, the franchise tag if you had to, but... I just think it makes a ton of sense for what this team wants to do. We know they want to be aggressive in free agency in the draft. And if they have to spend all their cap on Kirk Cousins, or if they have to spend multiple years of picks to go trade up into the top three for a quarterback, they're not going to be able to attack their needs in those ways. Now that might honestly, like the best way to get a franchise quarterback is to take that guy in the top of, at the top of the draft. We know that that's the most statistically likely place to find a franchise quarterback, but it's also very difficult to get into the top three, especially when all the top three teams need quarterbacks. So it's like you're really hoping that one of these teams is, you know, you're really you're, you're banking on a lot of luck to get into the top three at this stage. Um, or, you know, maybe the, the dark horse would be like they, they really love J.J. McCarthy and they're happy taking him at eight. You know, I personally think that's too early for McCarthy, but, you know, it, some, he's... I know I apparently made waves on Twitter by saying this. I mean, I feel like lots of people were tweeting this out, but like NFL teams, there's NFL teams that love JJ McCarthy. There's a, apparently one that has him as QB two. I mean, I'm not sure if I believe that, but that would be crazy to me, but he's exactly what teams love. He's young, big arm, you know, has that national championship. Teams love to take that kind of guy. And you know, I disagree with it, but that seems to be the case. So we maybe there's a chance that like J.J. McCarthy sneaks in and then one of those top three quarterbacks is available at four and you could pull that trade off. But I guess the big thing to me is like, are we really going to like if you can't pull off a pre-draft trade to get into the top three, which seems like probably that's the only way you're going to be able to do it. Like, are you really going into draft night without a quarterback solution? Like, and I don't mean like, you know, a Gardner Minshew. That's not a solution. That's like a very much like a stopgap. It's not really going to placate 
anyone or put give a lot of faith. So I just can't really see them going into draft night without a quarterback. Like I, they've either traded into the top three and gotten that all sorted out or like they have someone. But t- to me, it's like the easiest way, the most likely way to get that quarterback is to just get Justin Fields because he seems to be obviously available. It seems like both sides should be interested in getting this done as soon as possible. The bears in particular, because it's, it's, it's a PR nightmare for them. Like having Justin Fields disgruntled and they're basically like making it abundantly clear that they don't want him. So they probably want to get him out of there as fast as possible. We've obviously got the hometown angle. You know, there was that Instagram video, which I wouldn't put any stock into whatsoever. Um, but you know, Oh, we're going home. You know? Yeah. Don't listen to that. But like, it is true. Like, I mean, he may, if, if he has a say in it, you have to imagine that he's going to want to go back to Atlanta. I mean, I I can't imagine that that would be something that was contentious for him. I would, I would imagine that he would want to go back, but you know, we saw how well that worked out for Deshaun Watson. So. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, it's not really outside the realm of possibility that the Chicago bears will want to possibly work with Justin Fields the same way that the Falcons sort of worked with Matt Ryan a few years ago to, to um, make that trade happen in Indianapolis to where, you know, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but felt like the Falcons really got some light compensa- compensation in that trade at the time, a third round, co- uh, pretty much comp pick for Matt Ryan. That was the later of Indianapolis's third rounders. The Falcons uh, remember took D'Angelo Malone with that pick, but it sort of felt like the Falcons could have gotten more. And, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Chicago Bears really sort of, you know, wanted to make it work for Fields. If he's like, look, I want to be back home. I want to be in Atlanta to where the Chicago Bears don't really make that sort of difficult in, in trade negotiations with the Falcons. Now, you know, what that trade negotiation is going to be, that's to be determined. It's not going to be a first-round pick. Nobody is giving a top-ten pick for Justin Fields. Um, Will it be a second? You know, we don't know. Will it possibly be Jacksonville's second? Uh, We don't even know if we'll have Jacksonville's second or if that's going to be a third. That's, That's another thing that sort of plays into this that we haven't mentioned yet not knowing if that Jacks pick is going to be a second rounder or a third rounder. If it's a second rounder, then the Falcons sort of have a bit more to maneuver with. Uh, You know, I think you mentioned in the Falcolic discord today, you know, possibly a third round comp, uh, a third round conditional pick where you send over a third rounder. And if fields, you know, plays a certain amount of games or a certain amount of snaps, or if he gets to some milestones, within the first year, then that third rounder can turn into a second rounder or, you know, it could be a, a Calvin Ridley type, you know, copy trade where if the Falcons re-sign Justin Fields after this year, then that third rounder turns into a second rounder or something, something yeah. of the sort. The team already has, you know, a track record making a trade like that with Calvin Ridley. So there's just a lot that goes into it when it comes to speaking about compensation but just the fact that we've gotten to the point where we're even considering what the compensation may be tells you that, you know, there is a lot of smoke going on right now because otherwise we wouldn't really bother. Yeah. And, you know, the trade compensation you mentioned, I think is, is important. And, and the, also the conversation about 
what will determine what the price is. And the big part of that is who else is interested because there hasn't been a lot of buzz for anyone else. There was a little bit of buzz about the Steelers and there was a little bit of buzz about the Raiders, but that's kind of it. Like if it's really only three teams and some of that buzz is probably not correct. Like I'll just address it. I'm not calling anyone out. Like, like Noah, I know you're talking about that. He's going to Pittsburgh. I'm not like trying to call you out or anything, but Arthur Smith passed on Justin Fields. I firmly believe that it was Smith who decided he didn't really want Fields. So I, I really can't see the Steelers going for him. Like, I think if Arthur Smith was the was the coach here in Atlanta, I would be like, I just I find it unlikely that he's going to go for Fields. And I think he was more of the driver behind the team passing on Fields than Fontenot. I don't have any, like, inside information about that. Just sort of my feeling about it is that. So do with that whatever you There's like. no way. Look, look yeah. I, I don't have any insider information either. There's no way Fontenot signed off on taking a tight end at four. Like, that, that's a pure Arthur Smith-type yeah. move if you're sort of reading the tea leaves. Yeah. And, and again, we'll, like, neither yeah. of us know anything, but no, come on. No. Like, come we on. know some things. Not not that. You know? <laughs> we know a handful of things. Uh, but, yeah, not, we don't really know that. But, it, it, again, like, Fontenot being such a value-based guy, I kind of find it hard to believe that that was his call. But, again, we don't really know. Um, and, yeah, no, there has been some rumors about Fields to the Steelers. But then there was also the buzz that, like, they were just going to stick with who they have at quarterback. Um which I feel like is also the most likely scenario because they're in no man's land. So if, if they don't get, there's not really any way they're getting up for a top quarterback in this class. And they're going to have a hard time outbidding the Falcons for fields. If the Falcons really want him because again, the Falcons picks in every round are way higher. Um, so, you know, it's going to be hard for them. And also like they've got Pickett, who like, yes, we know isn't great, but like, it's not so easy to just throw away a first round quarterback like yeah, even one Ritter because yes it doesn't matter the third rounder with Ritter. that was one of the benefits of trying Ritter for a year is that you could just move on from him next year and no one is gonna bat an eye or feel you know bad about it i mean i feel bad for Ritter, obviously but um you know it, you're not really like bound to to make this work out it's like okay he's a backup that's fine we're moving on um so in that way i sort of feel like the Steelers are unlikely to be involved. And then it's like the Raiders, but like, I just don't know. The Raiders are a weird team to me. I really don't know what they want to do. I mean, I guess they could be a dark horse, but I just don't, I guess I don't really see it, but I mean, it, it could be. Yeah. I, to me, the Raiders feel like a veteran spot. I guess I, I don't know why I feel that, but they just feel like a veteran I spot to me. Ask Mark Davis to do some, like something crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I do just want to address something where uh, I've seen this circulated that, uh, you know, the Bears are moving on from Justin Fields, so why should the Falcons want him if the Bears are trying to trade him? Like, the Bears like Justin Fields. Like, it's clear that the Bears want Justin Fields long-term. It's just they have they have the number one overall pick in their lap because nobody really expected the Carolina Panthers to be such a disaster. Like, the Bears, the Bears traded the number one pick last year they could have gotten Bryce Young. They decided to stick with Justin Fields. But Caleb Willis Williams is much better than Bryce Young. And I don't know, Caleb Williams is just, in my opinion, a generational talent that you don't pass on when you have that opportunity. So I think that's that's the reason why Fields is even available, just because of this, you, you know, sort of perfect storm that happened on behalf of the Chicago Bears. And now, you know, I feel like whoever trades for Justin Fields and gets him for a day two pick will sort of be benefiting from that as well because you know I don't think the Bears would 
would be trading fields for, you know, for some, for such low compensation if they weren't in this position. Yeah. It, it's a complicated thing, you know, and you, you touched on all the main points. Like the bears have an opportunity to reset the clock on their, on their franchise quarterback. Um, and, and they're the number one overall pick by just dumb luck, uh, that no one thought the Panthers were going to be this bad, especially not the Panthers. Um, so they've got the number one overall pick and a, a, a quarterback that's absolutely worthy of that pick there. So they get, they have a potential, you know, four years of cheap franchise quarterback, or they have one more year of cheap franchise quarterback with fields. It's just, it's a no brainer. Like, I mean, if fields was like a slam dunk, like no questions type of guy, then they would be keeping fields and trading the pick. But the reason that we're even having this conversation about fields is because he's not a slam dunk, no question type of guy. Like he has plenty of questions. He's very interesting and very intriguing. And I think is worthy of taking a shot on and has the opportunity to turn into a franchise quarterback. He's not that at this very moment. He's, he's a starter, but like, he's got a ways to go, especially as a passer. We know this, you know, we've, I think we've tried to talk about the positives and negatives of Justin Fields. Like he's got ways, he's got a ways to go as a passer. We all know that. Um, The Falcons actually having a quarterback staff, you know, now to, to coach up a quarterback that hopefully will help him as long as well as, you know, the offensive line being in place, which he never had in, in Chicago. And, you know, I hopefully a better, you know, set of weapons and, and stuff around him. I mean, we'll have to see what the Falcons do at wide receiver. They can't just throw Drake London and Kyle Pitts out there and think it's going to work. I mean, they, they're going to need, you know, more help than that, obviously. And we'll talk about that probably later on the show. But, you know, at this stage, I think Fields is available because of the situation and it's a unique situation. Um, and the Bears aren't getting rid of him because he's bad. They're getting rid of him because they're in a situation where they can do the rare thing, which is actually like reset the clock on quarterback without paying anything. Like they're just sitting there. So like they wouldn't be doing this unless they were in this situation. I mean, if they had two or three, it'd probably be a similar discussion, although they'd probably hold on to fields until after the draft in that situation to make sure they got the guy that they wanted. But like it's, I don't think it's really an indictment of fields to like, a, oh, no one should be interested in this guy. It's more of a realistic look at it, which is that, look, he does have questions. That's exactly why he's available. But they're not like questions about can he play in the NFL? I think we, we know fields can play in the NFL. Can he take the next step and become more than like a passable starter? That's the big question. And the Falcons ideas about that the Falcons thoughts on that that's what's going to determine whether this trade happens as well as like what the compensation that's required is but the Falcons have to do something at quarterback they're they're one of the most desperate teams without question because they're kind of in a bad spot in the draft I mean not the worst spot certainly but not in a spot where it's easy to get a quarterback right now and they're they do have the money but like they they're I think Justin Fields fits this team so well, and that's why I think that this has a good chance of getting done. But th- there's a lot that goes into it, and I I think it was smart of you to bring up. You know, don't don't assume just because a player is available for trade that he's bad and the team wants to get rid of him. Like the Bears traded Montez Sweat, or they traded for Montez Sweat. You know, the, the, did the Commanders think Montez Sweat was bad? No, they they just thought they just it was a situation where they were dumping salary cap and wanted to get picks. So you know, you, in a trade. 
teams don't make trades unless they think they're coming out ahead. So, like, obviously the Bears think that the Bears will, like, getting anything for Justin Fields is good for the Bears because they're going to be moving on. And they're not really, like, making him a backup is not worth their time. So, it's it's more complicated than just saying, like, oh, he's not worth it because the Bears aren't going to make him their franchise quarterback. The Bears have a unique situation to go out and, you know, <laughs> do something really crazy, which is just have the number one pick fall into your lap for free, essentially. And then you can go get, you know, the number one quarterback in the draft and restart the clock. So Sometimes you just envy other team situations. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that's a very enviable thing for the Bears taking full advantage of, you know, the absolute disaster class of the Carolina Panthers. And, you know, I know this is getting off topic, but my God, imagine being a Panthers fan this past year and you're just losing and losing just for another team to have the number one overall pick kind of sounds miserable, but you know, yeah. that's sort of the bet you make. And that's sort of the risk you run when you do trade future first round picks. And again, this is, you know, another reason, another sort of plus in, in that, you know, Justin Fields conversation where you won't need to trade any future first rounders. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm more than willing to trade at least one future first round pick if it means getting into the top three. But I understand that there are, you know, positives and negatives to every single situation. Like not everyone is the Bears where you just have this fall into your lap and you can just, you know, get this great quarterback, you know, essentially for free. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, and, and uh, we're sounding very much like Justin Fields apologists right now. You know, by no means are we saying that Justin Fields is, you know, this incredibly elite quarterback in the NFL. He, Like you said, he does have a ways to go. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there are criticisms to his game. You yeah. you want to see him advance, uh, adjust as a passer. Um, and, you know, this is just one of those things where, you know, does he sort of, I, I, I brought this up in the Falcons discord as well. Has he developed some really bad habits with the Chicago Bears running for his life for years to the point where, you know, will he will he have happy feet in the pocket? That's something that I'm really intrigued to see. Will he sort of bail out of uh, out of clean pockets more more than he'll have to? And, you know, that's not a recipe for success either because then you're taking a bunch of hits. And we saw how that worked out in Atlanta, you know, with Mike Vick where he was, he was hurt a lot because he took a lot of unnecessary hits. So, you know, these are all things that you have to consider but these are all things that are sort of baked into that price tag as well of, all right, like, yeah, we don't know. There are some question marks, but, you know, the potential is still pretty tantalizing for him given where he is in his, uh, in his career. And it's just players like this at this point in their careers with, you know, this amount of potential, they're not really available every single day for a second round pick a third round pick we don't know what it'll be but it's a day two pick and you know it'll certainly be an upgrade for the falcons who you know have a ready-made team around the quarterback already and then who don't have to mortgage anything draft wise other than than a day two pick you can sort of continue building uh building that team up around him with that first rounder like you know, you could get an edge rusher in the first round. You could get, 
you know, maybe another offensive weapon in the first round, you know, that that's another discussion. But, you know, the price tag sort of is is worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's no perfect option because, like you said, assuming you can even pull off the trade into the top three, you're probably talking about three first-round picks moving for this um, because teams there's too many desperate teams for the price to be any lower. Um, so you're talking about 2024, 2025, 2026 firsts. Probably more. Um, and if that sounds like a lot, it is. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, it, it's a ridiculous price, and that's what it costs to get up into the top three because the leverage is all on those teams in the top three, and there's so many teams trying to do it that it, it's going to be a mess. Maybe one team can make that move. I can't see – the Bears are staying at one. We know that. I mean, if anything, the Bears would be trading to, like, two. Like, maybe they could swap to two or something like that, but that's that's the most. Like, no matter what, the Bears are taking one of the top three quarterbacks, I believe. Then you've got the Commanders. I, I can't see the Commanders not taking a quarterback. There's just no way. Like, I, I can't see them trading out of there and, and starting Sam Howell. That, that I just don't think that's on the way. Um, and then the, the, the one that maybe you have a hope for is New England because there's rumors that maybe they want a veteran or that sort of thing, so maybe they could trade down. But every team, like New York Giants, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Vikings— uh, and the Broncos, ev- all of those teams are going to be going crazy trying to get that pick. It's going to be a ridiculous cost. So just know what you're getting into if you're entering that bidding war. And I think that's why the Falcons will probably try to avoid that if possible. The other side of the coin is what is the cost for Justin Fields? Because if the cost is a first-round pick, they're not going to pay it, obviously. I don't think many teams would. But if the Bears are playing ha- hardball on that kind of price tag, he's probably not going to get moved for a while. Um I don't think the Bears are asking for a first-round pick. Or, or if they are, it's like, okay, you're just starting the negotiations here, and we know you're not serious. You know, it, I think the most it would be is like a second and then like a future pick. Um, I think the most likely compensation is a third plus a, you know, maybe a conditional third next year, like you were saying, Adnan, that maybe could turn into a second or something like that. I, I think that's probably what it's going to be. Um you know, two thirds, something like that, um, to get it done. And again, like you're not really hurting your draft class in a significant way this year. You've got two third round picks as we speak. Maybe you'll have two seconds and one third, but either way, you've got multiple day two picks, even if you trade one away. Um, and you've got, you know, plenty of, of free agency money to spread around it. And Justin Fields acquiring him this year is not going to break the bank. So, you know, it, if you can make it for that cost, I think the Falcons will, if, if the bears are, are willing to take that offer of a third this year and a conditional third next year, that could turn into a second. If various things are met, like maybe if fields wins X amount of games or the Falcons make the playoffs or something like that, then I would, then I think this deal will get done quickly. If the bears are willing to, to go to that price, if the bears are trying to push for a second or more, I think we could be waiting a while because I don't think the Falcons are going to jump up and down for that. And I think the Falcons also think there's not really any other serious suitors. And that's obviously risky, but they also have the leverage that maybe Justin Fields really wants to come to Atlanta. So if that's the case, the Bears, you know, maybe they want to try to do right by him and and listen to his wishes to some extent. So maybe that means they would at least give the Falcons a chance to match another offer. But, um, you know, they also owe us for stealing Montez Sweat right out from under our noses, so they should really do us a solid here uh, and <laughs> just, just, just give us Justin Fields for cheap. But 
Um, yeah, it. Justin Fields, it, he won't hurt the team's draft or free agency this year, and honestly, won't seri- won't significantly harm their free agency next year. I mean, twenty two million is a lot, but like for a quarterback, it's not that bad. Like that's about half the starting price of a franchise quarterback right now. So, I know it sounds like a lot, and it's a lot of money, but like the cap went up thirteen million this year. <laughs> Like it's probably going to go up 10 million or more next year too. So like, it, it's just not, I, I know it sounds like a lot. It's just not as bad as I think people maybe think. Um, but you know, we both like the idea. I think it's worth the risk and it, it, I think it will tell us a lot about what this, what this team is. It's like, do they feel like this is a, a team that can develop a quarterback that can, build out a roster around a quarterback that's not a slam dunk option you know because if the, if they are i think they will go for justin fields and feel like we can improve him we can coach him up so we get a quarterback at a little bit of a discount because of that and then we can keep all of our assets draft well sign well and then we're cooking um and you know that kind of leads us i think to where the rest of our conversation tonight will be like what does the offseason look like if they get justin fields say they get justin fields for a third round pick and a future pick that will say whatever, you know, we won't worry about what it is, but whatever it takes to get it done, they send that future pick maybe as much as a future second, depending. Um, so what does that mean about the offseason? What does that now, if the, if the Falcons trade for Justin Fields tomorrow, this team, I mean, how would you feel, Adnan, at that point? Would you feel like a lot better about the direction of the team? Would you feel kind of I, nervous? I like, feel <laughs> like this team would be substantial favorites to win this division next year not that really you know that's you know the bar of winning the nfc south isn't really like massive but this team hasn't done it since 2016 so that would be a a real a real feather in the cap for he morris being a first a first year head coach to do so but yeah if, if the falcons trade for justin fields tomorrow um and what's his like what's his uh salary cap number this year at six mil i think it might be less because most of it is uh bonus but some of it is a signing bonus so yeah it would be there would be a a base salary and a roster bonus so yeah it would be be 3.2 is what he would cost yeah 3.2 is what he would cost for the falcons so your quarterback who Again, he's not he's not a top five quarterback, but he's not a bottom ten quarterback either, which is what the Falcons have had the past few years. Bottom three, more like it. But you know, that's that's neither here nor there. You know, your quarterback who's sort of solid middle of the pack, you know, hopefully upper, you know, gets better, would cost you three point two million dollars this year. You know, that's taking into account the fact that the salary cap went up in unexpected $13 million this year. That's teams did not think that the salary cap would be that high, even with the most optimistic projections. You know, you, you will have a lot of money to work with in free agency. You will have the number eight overall pick. If you trade a third this year, you'll have at the very least a full draft class because you'll have a third rounder from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And at the very best, slightly more than a full draft class, even after this compensation gets, you know, gets packaged to Chicago. I I feel like this team would be in a really, really good position, you know, to build a really strong win now roster 
for 2024. And I'm not just saying that as our, you know, we're Falcons fans. Like I'm saying that just like looking at it objectively, like, yes, I know this team has one wide receiver, you know, on the roster right now, who's really like, you know, worth being called a a starting (laughs) caliber wide receiver. No, no offense to Van. No love to Austin Mack, you know, no need for strays <laughs> to be thrown right now but yeah. um but you know just because you only have drake london on the roster right now does not mean that that's going to be your roster going to training camp like yeah. you're going to sign someone else or you're going to draft someone else like you know maybe you dropped Lyde mcconkey in the second round who knows maybe like maybe you you know i i, I don't you know i'm not really going to go through the crop of uh of free agent wide receivers. I don't think T Higgins is going to be available. He's already been no. tagged reportedly. Uh, but y- you know, you're going to build up the wide receiver room, you know, yeah. the offensive line, you know, I, I feel like you, you can go into this year, not touching the offensive line and it will be fine. But you know, there, there is a possibility. And I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm always going to have it of, you know, the, tackle class is really really good this year you know maybe you look at a joe alt at eight you know maybe you look at uh if you want a jc latham 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 sorry yeah it's okay that's a hard one (laughs) maybe you you want to build up the trenches along the offensive line give justin fields even more protection you know that's certainly possible or you, you can go the route of building up the defense some more. You know, you're going to spend in free agency. You could take one of these edge rushers. I see Mel Kuyper mock Dallas Turner to Atlanta in his mock today. Uh, Liatu Latu met with the team. He's one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's also Jared Burst, who, who's also in that pass rushing class, which is also very good. But basically, this is just my very long-winded way of saying you know, if you made this trade tomorrow for a third this year and for whatever in the future, this is going to be one of the better rosters, dare I say, one of the best rosters in the NFC. And, you know, this is going to be a substantial favorite in this division, yeah. you know, in 2024 and beyond. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, you mentioned Joe Alt, like tackle is probably not, at the top of their board, but Joe all is the type of player that you just sort of clear the decks for. Like if he's there, you know, I think you could make an argument that he's like a top five player in this class. Um, so, you know, if he makes it to eight, which I honestly see no, no scenario where Tennessee doesn't draft him. Like honestly, given their offensive line, but like, if he did, let's say that he did, um, then yeah, you'd have to consider it. You know, I think if, if Alt's not there, I don't know if you, love you know talisi fuaga or olufushanu enough to to take them at eight but they're they're in that conversation you know to me that we've talked about edge at eight a bunch like okay if they get justin fields they can take an edge rusher at eight they don't spend on a quarterback but you mentioned earlier wide receiver is almost as barren as edge i mean at least wide receiver has drake london but like if you look at the way this class is stacked up there are three number one wide receivers that are all probably going to go in the top nine, 10 picks. One of them is going to be there at eight as well. Like one of them is guaranteed going to be there at eight because the top three picks are probably going to be quarterback, you know, Roma Dunzi. Like there, there is a, 
a treasure chest of possibilities and you know getting your quarterback without spending a first round pick on him you know that's that's just another like sort of bonus in this scenario of all right you're you're going to get a potentially elite player at either edge tackle or wide receivers one of one of the three premium positions right now you know at eight because it's a really good class but the reason why i'm sort of you know, and, and I get it. I, I get tackle is not uh, is not a pressing need, but uh, I'm I'm worried about potentially replacing Jake Matthews in the future. Yeah. Uh, and it, you know, I, I I'd sort of want to be a bit proactive in getting his replacement and grooming his replacement to be the left tackle of the future right now, as opposed to scrambling and you know when. Jake Matthews gets too old or falls off a cliff or slows down or whatever, you know, then you're sort of stuck trying to find a left tackle. And if you're picking mid to late first round at that point, which, you know, hopefully the team's successful enough, then, you know, it's not guaranteed that you'll get that tackle. But, you know, again, the right guy has to be there. Is that Joe Alt? Maybe, probably. But will he be there? Maybe not. Yeah. So you know we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it shakes out, but you know definitely edge tackle wide receiver. I'm more than okay with going either of those three positions given who the players are there. Um, and you know I don't think that this will be a like a Dan Quinn era Falcons thing where they just go with someone that none of us are really expecting. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But yeah, I mean to me like. It seems like 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 Roma Dunze is like actually gaining steam to be like the wide receiver too, which I disagree with personally. I mean, I think Roma Dunze is very good. Like, there's three guys: you know, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze that I think are all pretty good. But you know, to me, it would be it would be hard to pass on Malik Neighbors. I just think his fit next to Drake London would be just perfect. Um, and, you know, you can't, like, I think Malik Neighbors is probably going to also finish as, like, a top five player in the class from here, close to it. So, I couldn't really argue with that. I mean, Malik Neighbors is is going to be a higher ranked player on my board than any of the edge rushers, more than likely. More than likely. I don't know about Rome. Rome, maybe. I mean, I, I really like Jared Verse. But, you know, they need the edge rusher, but the way this draft is falling with the, the quality of the receivers that could be available, you know, I, I could, I, I think it's hard to resist the allure of taking that i mean I, I guess i thought fans would be more against it but like when i tweeted about it people were like no no we're fine with taking malik neighbors at eight it's like okay you know I, I thought you guys would hate it you know i mean everybody's complaining about the last ones but you know it's it's a really good player and it like it or not like it's a huge need like yes they've spent three first round picks in a row on skill positions and they still need more receivers they like they do like it's just a fact so you know i think you get Malik Neighbors in here and you sign like a Tyler Boyd and it's like, oh, wow, this is a completely different wide receiver room than last year. This is like a drastically more talented group. Um, and, and that, you know, you're setting up Justin Fields for success. He's got a tight end outlet. We know he loves to throw the tight end. He loved throwing to his guy in Chicago. We know uh, that he likes those big targets. You know, you got Drake uh, and Malik Neighbors is a monster after the catch. He's just so you know, good. <laughs> I just love neighbors. Uh, he's just really damn good. I mean, I don't really know what else to say about that, but you know, it, who knows? Like, I, I, I don't know what they do, but like maybe, you know, it, there's, 
if they go for Justin Fields, I guess the ultimate point I'm trying to make is that they have the flexibility to take a receiver at eight because they didn't spend all their cap on Kirk Cousins. So that means they could go spend their cap on Daniil Hunter. You know, they could go spend their cap on multiple edge rushers like a Bryce Huff or a Daniil Hunter or, you know, whoever shakes loose from these other teams. You know, Dorrance Armstrong is a good rotational guy or, you know, whatever, whoever you like from that group. Like, you can fill the edge need in free agency with multiple guys and hope that the move to the 3-4 is better for your depth guys like Lorenzo Carter and Arnold Abicati and D'Angelo Malone. Like, I think those three are solid guys. You know, Abicati going back to a 3-4, hopefully he's going to be better, but you can't really bank on that. So it's like you need to get a premium guy in here, whether that's at 8, whether that's in free agency, whatever. But the Fields trade enables you to do these to do both like you can kind of have your cake and eat it too the fields move is what you do to like maximize the rest of your roster um and the the other side of the coin is like say you say fields doesn't work out if if you hit on all these other players and you're just like well we're not totally sewed on on fields then you really are just a quarterback away and then you can you know go spend your your leftover cap space to go sign a veteran that shakes loose or you sort of just wait for an opportunity to grab another quarterback you know it's just like this year it's I don't really see tremendously better options available for what this team wants to do and and again like there's they still have moves to make so I think the way to maximize your ability to make the moves you need to make outside of quarterback is to go with fields but um it's it's tough because uh, they, they, they still got a ways to go. Wide receiver, edge, they need a lot of help still. I mean, yeah, and I, I feel like uh, there has been a lot of blowback when it, when it came to those picks and uh, the skill position guys the last three years. And I'm not saying that, you know, my preference right now is going skill position again. You know, I I would prefer to look into the trenches personally, but, you know, it's – if they decide that BPA Malik Neighbors is the guy at eight, then you know that's sort of been the philosophy they've rolled with. I think there's less pushback now because the defense took that step last year. You know, I, I mean, think about it. The last three years during the draft, the Falcons were coming off of seasons where they were what bottom five in the NFL in defense year after year. Now that defense took a step. You know, people saw. You know the investment that the team made in the defense and free agency, that's probably going to be expected once again, especially if they decide that they're going, you know, offense route uh, in the first round, I would expect a lot more resources to once again, be spent to continue replenishing the defense in free agency. And, you know, you can sort of build up an even better defense this year without even needing to spend the eighth overall pick to sort of enhance it, which is, which is a really good position to be in because, you know, you do have that cap because you don't have that amount of dead cap space uh, that, that that's been plaguing you for, that was plaguing you for years in the Thomas Dimitrov era and in the first two years of this Terry Fontenot era. So, you know, the options are definitely all on the table for the Falcons and, you know, it's it's an advantageous position to be in, given where they are in this division and given who who they need to beat out to make the playoffs. Like it's diff, it would be different. I feel like the tone 
may be a little bit different if the Falcons were, you know, in the AFC West over there with uh, with Kansas City, with uh, with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. But you know, you're you're in the NFC South, which is arguably the worst division in football, and you know the Panthers are a mess. The Buccaneers, you, you know, they. They won the division last year, and you know, round of applause for them. They they were much better than than what many uh, expected. But they're going to have a lot of financial strain this off season with Mike Evans and Baker Mayfield, and you know their their books won't really be as balanced as the Falcons. And then you have the Saints, who are already, you know, again kicking that can down the road, trying to, you know, maintain arguably the most mediocre team in the NFL because they really don't have a choice because you know Mickey Loomis has gotten them into the salary cap hell and as much as you you want to say that the salary cap doesn't exist the consequences of the salary cap definitely exist and they are you know definitely having to go through those consequences right now with Derek Carr as their quarterback and I think they just restructured him and he's it's going to be much harder to move off of him you know, yeah. even next offseason as well. But, you know, that's that's my spiel about the division. Uh, the Falcons are in a really, really good spot right now. And they're going to be in a much – all they need is a quarterback. And that's that's pretty much what we've been talking about for the last hour straight. Yeah. They, they need to get the quarterback right. They need to get edge rush right. They need to add a few other pieces. But it's – they just need to, to start checking these boxes. And I think – if you can check the quarterback box, even if it's not the slam dunk, because I think ultimately the slam dunk is not going to be available. And if you're chasing the slam dunk, you could miss, right? Like you could embarrass yourself, you know, you miss and, and everyone, all your buddies are laughing at you and you end up on, you know, the TikTok or whatever, when you miss your dunk. So it, you don't want to be that guy, you know, that, that tried to go big and failed um, because this team already did that with Deshaun Watson. And that was a good thing that they failed, like to be clear, but like, I think Arthur Blank's already got the egg on his face from that. He doesn't really want to go down that rabbit hole again, and rightfully so. So why not take a swing on a low on on a lower price guy that's not going to rock the boat, but can give you some of the same stuff? It it is a guy that has potential to be a franchise quarterback. He's a hometown guy. He's not going to break the bank, and he does give you that rushing floor. And look, the the thing we haven't mentioned is like the Rams' offense is very similar to Ohio State. Like, it, it, it is much, much sim- more similar to what Fields ran in college than anything the Bears did over the past three seasons. So maybe it's just coming home to a familiar scheme that more fits his talents that maybe that could be the difference too. Like, better offensive line, hopefully better weapons. You know, we'll have to see how, how they put stuff together this offseason. But better offensive coaching. And that's really going to be key for the entire Falcons offense, but probably no more so than whoever this quarterback ends up being. Um, but uh, let me get to, I know Noah asked a question. Sorry, I missed that earlier. Noah with the $5. Thank you, man. Welcome back. He said, glad to see you all. Well, I feel like this is a similar situation as we had with Lamar last season. I'll get to that. Uh, also thoughts on Layatu Latu meeting with us today. Well, I'm hyped about Latu. I mean, I, He's definitely in consideration at eight. You know, I think if Latu like tests well, because people are expecting Latu to not test well or test below average or whatever. If he tests like well, like tests good, then he's probably going to be edge one. 
Um, and I would be happy about that. And that would probably make Edge more enticing because then it's like, well, you've got the whole package then with Latu. Like, he's an elite technician and he's a good athlete. Okay, we're, we're, cu- we're coming home. And, like, honestly, with the Falcons being officially a 3-4 now, Latu is a better fit than initially anticipated. He's like a st- He is a stand-up rusher. So um, definitely interested in that. But uh, with the Lamar comment, I mean, it's not the same as Lamar because Lamar was never going to happen. Like, and and... I think we tried to make this clear the whole offseason. Like, the Ravens were never going to let Lamar leave. It was never going to happen. You know, I don't know how many times we could say this, but you know, the Bears definitely are letting Justin Fields leave. So it's a, very, it's a very different situation from that perspective of like, no, he's going to be traded. It's more like, what's the cost going to be? Whereas with Lamar, I feel like it's like, yeah, no, uh, this is just, this is not going to happen. Like, there's no way he's leaving Baltimore. And he didn't leave Baltimore, lo and behold. So, um, I think it's a little bit different uh, in that way because I think the Fields thing is actually likely to happen, whereas the Lamar had basically a zero percent chance, uh, between zero and one percent, closer to zero. So, yeah, but, and also uh, um, with Fields, uh, cheaper compensation. I think for Lamar, if you were gonna prime away, it would have taken two first rounders, which would have been well worth it for Lamar. Um. Obviously, Lamar is a much better player, but the Ravens had the ability to match any any contract given to him, and it seems like they were going to, given the money that they paid him. Um, so yeah, it's it, it also wouldn't really be sort of cap crippling for the Falcons the first couple days because the, the issue wouldn't have been giving Lamar, you know, the contract. The issue would have been. The Ravens could have, I think, waited 48 hours to match. And in that case, you would have missed out on Jesse Bates and, you know, a few other free agents in that first wave, which the Falcons really needed to get right this past offseason. I think it would have been a much bigger risk if they did go after Lamar. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, the Ravens were never going to let him go. With Fields, you can sort of have him on the roster before free agency even starts, you know, in in an ideal world. Yeah, I think... I think everybody's interested in getting this done soon, but I honestly think it's up to the Bears because I think the Falcons have probably presented an offer, assuming they're interested. They've probably presented an offer, and if the Bears are interested and they take it, I think this could be done tomorrow. But if the Bears are going to hold out for a better offer, which is their right, you know, then it might take a while, but we'll see. Um, also, like if you're the like you said, if you do not want to go into the draft without a quarterback, just because you know, in that bidding war for that top for that number three pick, let's say it uh, it, it it comes available, Falcons don't really have as much leverage as they would want to because the Patriots know that the Falcons are completely desperate to to move up for this pick because oh yeah. You know, we, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the possibility of a Russell Wilson on a minimum contract. I think that's something that's been floated. So, you know, if Russell wants to play for $1.2 million and force the, force the Denver Broncos to fit the rest of that guaranteed bill, then, you know, sign me up for that shit. I mean, <laughs> man, like, right. let's do it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think what, why she's, what Steve Weiss said about 
the Falcons wanting a young quarterback is true. I think that is what we should basically hone in on. And so I think that probably means that they're not as interested in Russ. That being said, I think there are two two teams that probably could be interested in Russ would be the two other teams interested in fields, right? Like, I think the Raiders, like, I feel like Russ to the Raiders feels like it very much could happen. Um, and again, you know, Russ might like that to, to rub it in Sean Payton's face. You know, um, that could be interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, or, or the Steelers, you know, if the Steelers, again, I feel like they're maybe going to lean more towards the veteran that they feel like can just get them more consistent play than what Kenny Pickett has given them. While not fully closing the door on Pickett, which I think, you know, the trade for Justin Fields is muddies the water a lot there. Whereas like Russell Wilson comes in, he's going to start for a couple of years, but maybe, you know, you, you keep a, keep a, a, an eye on Kenny Pickett and see if he can emerge or if he ends up playing and at, at any point, you know, maybe, maybe he, you can like salvage that. But, um, at this stage, you know, you have to think, uh, I, I just don't see the Falcons going for Russ or Kirk given what we've heard. But again, we don't know what's true and what's not. I, I, I can't, you know, I imagine that, I imagine that, that Weish definitely had sources that told him that, uh, you know, they're not, they're interested in getting a young quarterback and I'm sure they are. That's obvious, but how interested are they? That's what we're, we're going to see. Um, so yeah. Uh, Adnan, anything else you want to touch on before we, uh, we wrap this, this show up tonight? Hmm. I mean, no, not really. I think we we, I think we covered it. You know, yeah. I, I feel like we covered every single possibility regarding <laughs> Justin Fields. And I mean, this isn't just us. I, I do just want to say this isn't us being like, all right, you know, we we like Justin Fields. We we like Justin Fields going back to the draft. I think that was our preference at number four in twenty twenty in the twenty twenty one draft. It, it was certainly mine. I think it was yours as well, if I remember correctly. We're we had a whole show dedicated to this because because of the rumors that are transpiring. Like, you know, I, I think someone said that he's moved to a minus 300 on, on draft teams. Yeah. Like, that's it's pretty ridiculous. Minus 300 is, is pretty much a lock when you're, like, talking about betting odds. Like, you have to spend $300 to make $100. Like, again, I'm not endorsing gambling on this. But I'm just saying, like, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of smoke in the air right now. A lot of smoke in the air. When there's that much smoke, there's bound to be a fire nearby. And, you know, we, we remember the last time there was this much smoke around a, a certain player to the Falcons. It was Jesse Bates last year. Remember, he had that uh, dinner with the uh, – with what Kyle Pitts and uh, and a few of the other AJ Terrell, I think, and a few yeah, of the other yeah. Falcons who share the same agent, and you know, we're like, you know, this is something. So, like something's happening here. Some people are like, no, this is like nothing. Like you know, it's just silly season. A few days later, Jesse Bates signs with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so I, I do think that it it sort of was our due diligence to sort of have a show like this, just given how many room how much smoke there is like it's it's suffocating at this point yeah yeah i mean there's no way you could ignore it so we had to do a show about it um and you know i we're obviously pro justin fields so that that helps but you know if there was rumors about anybody else you know i did a whole show on bill belichick and i didn't want bill belichick so you know well we'll cover whatever pops up but uh right now the 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 buzz is justin fields and we'll see if anything 
we'll see if anything actually materializes. You know, again, if I think if the two sides, like if, if the Bears are happy with the Falcons offer and they just want to move on this deal, then this could happen like imminently. If they want to wait and see if they can get as much compensation as possible, they want to maximize that trade, then it probably is going to be a minute, um, probably after the start of free agency. And I don't think the Falcons are in a huge hurry either. Like, I'm sure they would like to get it done as soon as possible, but they don't want to come off as desperate. I mean, they're, they're probably trying to keep their options open. You know, I'm sure the conversation with the Bears began like, oh, yeah, how, so how much is one going to cost? And they're like, oh, well, if you're not willing to give up one, then, you know, maybe maybe we'll talk about fields too, you know, because I think the Falcons want people to think that they want to move up for a quarterback because they do. And I think that they also are happy to get fields. So we'll see what ends up materializing there, but definitely an interesting topic and, and very interesting next couple weeks in store for Falcons fans and the rest of the NFL for that matter. But uh, yeah. It's nice having an exciting off season for sure. Like yeah. last off season was really exciting. We knew this one would be exciting. You know, before, well, the one two years ago was exciting for different reasons because it was a it was the Sean Watson stuff. But but before that, it was just years of just like, all right, it's free agency. Falcons aren't really going to make any moves until you know later on they're going to sign some, you know, some depth piece or some low end starter, you know, to plug and play because they don't really have much money. They're not really going to do anything. Not going to make any splashes in the draft. So. Been a, it's been a nice change of pace. It's been a, it's really good for the clicks. It's really good for the views. Oh, absolutely. Uh, definitely enjoying that aspect of it. No question guys. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We appreciate all of you guys. Please like subscribe. If you haven't done so already, it's really help us out. Uh, check out the channel memberships. If you want to support the show, check out the Patreon. If you want to get those sweet podcast perks as well, uh, make sure of course to check out our combine show. Uh, that's going to be probably coming on Friday give or take talking about some of the top guys to watch there. And yeah, we will be back of course next week with more talk, probably recapping the combine. I'll have, a, I, I postponed my mock draft until after the combine. Cause I was like, yeah, I could put it out like a day before the combine, but it's probably just all going to get immediately upended by whatever happens at the combine. So maybe I'll wait, you know, maybe the fields trade will happen. That'll give us some clarity, that sort of thing. But you know, we'll see, uh, but that'll be coming soon. I promise. Well, you'll get a mock draft in the next week guaranteed. Um, and yeah, uh, exciting stuff. The combine workouts start on Thursday at 3 p.m. You can watch them on NFL Network or whatever if you're if you're into that stuff. And they go all the way through Sunday, so I'll be watching that. Uh, and yeah, appreciate it, guys. Uh, leave us that five star review if you're listening to the podcast audio as well. Uh, thanks, of course, to Bet Online for sponsoring today's episode. Before we sign off, I want to thank my co-host Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything you'd like to plug before we sign off? Uh, I'd like to plug the Alcoholic.com for sure because you know. The content is continues being pumped and it will it will get into overdrive when we finally get into get into free agency. Uh, I think that's it's coming in the next two or three weeks. It's you know the countdown is on. I think we're we're in the franchise tag. Uh we're in franchise tag mode. My um article talking about the franchise tag is is up again. Uh just I think Dave put it up the other day, just going through all the specifics about the franchise tag, everything you need to know. So check that out if you haven't already. And um, yeah, outside of that, we're just we're just counting down until free agency, and we will have that that combine coverage as well coming up. Absolutely. Well, check that out, guys. We'll be back 
like I said, uh, over the next couple of days with more shows, more stuff coming your way as we get into the meat of the offseason here. Uh, free agency is just just a couple, not too long away. And then the, the NFL will be full steam into the draft. So another exciting offseason on deck. Looking forward to it. Thanks again to Adnan. Guys, you can follow me, Kevin Knight at Falcohol. Kevin, for that news, for whatever you need on the Twitter slash X slash whatever it's called these days. Uh, and we will see you next time, folks. Thank you again for tuning into the Falcoholic Live. Until next time, have a great night, folks. See ya.